0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How's everybody doing today? Okay, you guys got to do better than that. How many, how's everybody doing today? Okay. All right. That's better. Well, it's going to be a good day. How many of you guys got something out of what uh, Pastor Scott said this morning? You know, there's. Uh, I was just uh, out with, we were out with a couple here the other night and uh, talking about the whole uh, concept of tithing, you know, and, and uh, it's unfortunate because within the body of Christ and amongst churches and pastors, there's this, this uh, prevailing teaching about uh, basically against tithing. And uh, it's so unfortunate because, you know, uh, people are missing out on what the word of God has to say, the truth of what it is that God has. And so uh, I asked Scott to come and be a part of of, uh, that. And I think that, you know, sometimes we think, well, why do I you know, why is so much said about that? Well, so much is said about it is because we as believers need to know what the truth says, how many of you guys have ever, you know, lived your life a certain way and then you drift and you, sell, you find yourself in a place where it's like, I'm not where I used to be. You know, and it's only through the word of God that will get us back to where it is that we need to be. I can remember being a young tyke and my mom and dad taking me to Adventureland. How many of you guys have ever been to Adventureland? Well, they had these rail cars. Remember those, those uh, Model A cars and they would drive down the rail, you know. That's what the word of God is to us. Sometimes we get, we get off that track, though, and we hop the track and we take off. That's always what I wanted to do. You know, mom's trying to steer it and trying not to touch the rail. You know, and I'm like, no, man, let's unbolt this sucker and drive it across the thing and through, through all these nice, you know. That's what a lot of us want to do. But the Word of God, has, has, he has placed in our life principles that bring blessing. And one of those things is tithing, it's, it's, it's honoring God. It's, it's, it's not even about the money, it's about the heart. And uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that today. And so um, uh, the title of my message is Wisdom to Live Well. How many of you guys wanna live well? I wanna live well. And uh, it's wisdom in my life, it's wisdom in your life that's going to see to it that that happens. If we're not if we're not looking for wisdom, um, we're going to have uh, problems. So let's just pray and commit this to the Lord. If you didn't get some notes, uh, you can you can grab those, or maybe the ushers can grab those for you because uh, there's some spots in there. I want you to write some things down. What the what the Lord is speaking to you. What what is He directing you and what is He guiding you in today? You know, there's going to be things that I say from a very natural standpoint, but you have to understand that the Holy Spirit is here to speak to you. And and so you should be saying to yourself and saying to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what, what do I need to hear? What, do, what am I not getting? And he will answer you with that. Amen. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. I thank you so, so much for an opportunity that I have, Father, to to minister. And I just pray, Father, that uh, uh, as the word goes forth, it won't return void. It'll accomplish what you have sent it to do. I thank you, Father, for open hearts, open minds. And uh, we just take authority over, over uh, things that would, would hinder us, hinder our thinking, hinder uh, what it is that you have in store for us. And we thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name and everybody's. Said? Amen. amen listen I want you guys to respond you guys can respond to what it is that I say you don't have to you don't have to quietly sit there the whole time respond so um, just don't shout obscenities all right okay here we go Today, we're going to be looking at the, we're going to, I'm I'm taking a scripture out of Proverbs 8. And I don't know if you guys have read Proverbs 8, but Proverbs 7, right before that, there's a, a chapter that basically talks about uh, an immoral woman and how a man basically is lured into uh, uh, this woman's life. And and so what unfortunately happened was is that this young man had, he lacked common sense, he lacked purpose, and and, and he wasn't on his guard. And unfortunately, if you, you go back and you read that, you see uh, this woman calling out. She had a strategy. She dressed. She was bold. She was inviting. But she was calling out to this young man. And unfortunately, uh, you know, he did not fare well. And so so what we see is is that we see in Proverbs 7 a calling out, a calling out of of something that was immoral, something that wasn't pure, something that wasn't that wasn't right. In Proverbs 8, though, we see a calling out of wisdom. Um, you know, and, and if you look down through the chapter, we're not gonna read it verse for verse. I encourage you to go back and look at it. But in, in one version, it talks about that Wisdom calls out, it actually cries out. It's on the corner, it's raising its voice. Wisdom is raising its voice to, to us as believers and it's saying listen, listen to what I have to say. I'm speaking, what I speak is important and what I speak is, is truthful and it's plain to understand. And so my point is, is that what we see here is, is that we see two calling outs. We see the calling out of of, of of something that was immoral, we see the calling out of something that was wisdom. And I think that we can look at it very, very uh, um Oh, what's the word? We, we can look at it very uh, word by word, but uh, I want to look at it kind of more figuratively because I feel like this past week when I was reading Proverbs 8 that that's kind of where the Lord was just, he was, he was saying, you know, look at this more from this angle, a little more figuratively when it comes to your life because I think sometimes um, we take it very, what's the, what's the opposite of figuratively? I don't know, that word, Literally. And we are to take the word literally. We are absolutely to take the word of God literally. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying because we are to take it literally. But 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 what I was seeing is is that sometimes we're so literal that we miss what the Holy Spirit is trying to to speak to us. You know, if 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 you know, in, in Proverbs seven, if you're not being seduced by an immoral woman, sometimes you pass right over it. But the reality of it is, is that the, that when you think about the, the actions of this immoral woman, these things can happen in our life in very, very subtle ways where we are, are, are led away. We're called away. We're called away from wisdom. And that's really kind of, uh, my, my thought is, is that, you know, when the, um, with the immoral woman, uh, those things that she did worked to pull away the attention of this man. It worked to pull away his affections. And I think the same thing is true for you and I as believers. If we're not careful, the the, the enemy will come in and he will work to pull us away, lure us away from that which is right, that which is true. All the while, wisdom is doing the same thing. It's trying to call us and, 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 and say, listen, this is the right way. This is the pure way. This is the balanced way. This is the way that leads. To life. And so wisdom is absolutely calling out to you, to me, today, At each and every day. Wisdom is calling out. The question is are you listening? Years ago, when I was a little tyke, my dad bought me this four-wheeler and I was running around the, the neighborhood uh, uh, with a friend of mine and we went down to this one bridge and we basically just overtook the bridge underneath there and we did all these different things and uh, made these trails and made a little dock and, and uh, the, the last great idea that I had was a rope swing. I was like, you know, got this big giant concrete bridge. I'm like, we need a rope up there, Steve. And Steve's like, I don't know, man, I don't know about that. So I ran home and I got a rope and, and got a handle, I you know, got to build it look, look like a ski rope because I like to ski. And so I tied this thing on there and the whole while, Steve's like, I, I just don't know about this. I'm not sure, are you sure that, that that rope's gonna hold? Are you sure it's gonna be okay? I mean, he was just questioning me the whole time. I was like, come on, Steve, like, let's live a little. But what I didn't realize was, is that wisdom was calling out through Steve. Why? Because I took a straight up nylon rope and I tied it to the stainless steel bracket on the side of the bridge. And I, and, I, and Steve's like, I, I said, you want to go first? He's like, absolutely not. You go first. I said, okay, I'm going first. And I got up on top of this. There's like a, you know, hill. And I just, I ran and I'm like swinging back and forth. Woo-hoo-hoo, you know, just living it up. What I didn't know was is that the rope was rubbing on the side of the bridge. And I got out across that, that river, man, and that sucker snapped, and I went splash. And it was like in the fall of the year. I mean, it got my attention. I was like shocked when I came out of the water. And what was even worse is, is I think mom and dad had just bought me a new pair of, of glasses, and they were nowhere to be found. Wisdom was crying out through Steve. I was not listening to wisdom, and so wisdom cries out to us. And so my question to you, and I put it on your notes there, because I want you to I want you to write something down. What is calling out to you, you know, or 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 you know, what is distracting you? I, I think sometimes you know, uh, I don't know. You could take that both ways. You could you know, God might be calling you to do something. He might be you know, it might be a positive. A, a positive calling out, like wisdom, it might be something that the Lord's dealing with you to to step out in. But the other side of it is is the, is the distracting side of it, where where you know um, where it's 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 pulling you away. It's, it's, it's dragging you away. It's, it's causing you to leave your first love, you know, which is the things of God. And so it's distracting you from what it is that God wants in your life. If you guys remember, you know, we saw in Proverbs 7 this young man, but think about some of the other people in the Bible that were distracted, that were kind of called away. You think about Eve. She was called away and drawn away. Why? By the enemy. The enemy came and lied to her and, 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 and you know, caused her to be drawn away. You think about Samson, he was drawn away by what? Not not necessarily, maybe the enemy, but his own desires. He was drawn away and distracted from the call of God that was upon his life because he couldn't get a grip on his his feelings and his emotion and what it is that he wanted. Uh, you think about Martha. She, Martha was, it was just legitimate affairs of life. Just, you know, she wanted things to be in order. She wanted things to be n- nice. She wanted, you know, the food to be good, but she was distracted with serving. Something very natural. Uh, you know, what's funny about that is is that the distracting, uh, the Greek uh, definition of distracting in, in that version of Martha, it says to drag all around or to draw away. And so, when it comes to your life, that's really the first question that's on your on your paper. There, you know, is what is it that's that's calling you? What is it that he's he's asking you to do? Or what is it that maybe you're being distracted by? Is there something that the enemy man he just keeps on bringing it? You you need to write that down and recognize it. Maybe it's a desire or something that you really really want, but you really haven't necessarily gone to the Lord and asked Him. Lord, is this is this of You or is this just of me? Is this my my will? So what's drawn. You away? Is it a temptation, a job, an ambition, busyness of life, ill ordered priorities? You know, we see in these in these individuals that we just got done looking at three forms of distraction. We see the distraction from your identity, we see the distraction of speeding you up or slowing you down, or the distraction of presenting you with a counterfeit. I think the enemy he, he, he'll pick any one of those. I think for, for me, when I look at that list of three things, it's like in different you know, uh, seasons of my life, maybe I've been you know uh, distracted by a question of my identity. Then there's times when you have four kids and, and you're going here and there, and you just you're speeding up, and so you're distracted. And so we have to identify those things, identify those things that are pulling us away. I mean I mean in the time and the age in, in which we live, folks we are being pulled away. There are so many things that are pulling us away, vying for our attention. And I mean to tell you, if we are not careful, if we're not on our guard, we will we will be pulled away, we will be distracted away from what it is that God really wants for our life. And and, and I don't I tell you what, man, I don't want to get to heaven and and and, and see the things that, that should have been done or could have been done had I not been distracted. You know, and, and I don't want that for you either. And so so Proverbs 8, this is really the verse that kind of stuck out to me in I'm reading it in the message version because that's what I read it in. So it says, don't miss a word of this. Now, this is still, this is still wisdom calling out. If you read Proverbs 8, it's wisdom calling out. And, and so it says, don't miss a word of this. I'm telling you how to live well. I'm telling you how to live at your best. I don't know about you, but I want to live well. I want to live well as a pastor. I want to live well as a husband. I want to live well as a leader. I want, to, I, want, I want my kids and my wife, I want everybody that's around me to live well. But sometimes I don't necessarily see that. How many of you guys, how many of you, I mean, I've been in the boat where sometimes like, man, this is not well. This is not good, right? Life, life doesn't, you know, maybe play along so well. We, we are all, we've all been a place in times in our lives where maybe we're not there but I think that majority of the time, you know, I like what Steve said, you know, he gave his life, he paid the price so that we could live on a different level. That's not exactly what he said, but that was my version. Okay? And and, and that's the thing. It's like Jesus, he paid the price. So we might as well live where it is that he has called us to live. I'm not saying we're not going to have challenges. I'm not saying we're not going to have problems. But man, I, we should be growing. We should be changing. We should be allowing the Holy Spirit to help us and guide us and lead us. That means that we can't stay the same way. If we stay the same way, we're not going to live well. And so... Are you living well? Are you living at your best? Maybe you're in a low place where you you know, you're worked over, you're defeated, you're let down, nothing's working and you're asking, "Where are you, God?" And I need your help. Or maybe you're on the opposite end of the spectrum and everything's going great and you're just like, "Hey Lord, I I know where you at. Well, I'll come to you when I need you." You know? And so we have this this spectrum and 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 so no matter where you find yourself, it doesn't matter Wisdom is always crying out. Whether you are, feel like the barrel is on top of you today, or if you're on top of the world, wisdom is always crying out. There is always direction and guidance that we need I don't care where you're at, wisdom is calling out, asking you, trying to show you the adjustments the, and give you the revelation and the understanding that you need for life to live well. The question is, is are you teachable? Are you teachable? We should be, we should be teachable people. We we uh, are doing a marriage course out here on Wednesday nights, and one of the things that stuck out to me is, is that Jimmy Evans, who's been a pastor for decades, he, he he and he's I think he's over XO marriage conferences, which is a nationwide deal. And so if you've ever listened to Jimmy Evans, super practical, super great stuff, and he is teaching the ninth course in this, this thing. And the, the comment that he said is, is, he said, I am no marriage expert. And I'm thinking to myself, I think, you know, you're doing what you're doing. You are an expert. I would consider you an expert, right? But no, he said, I, I don't consider myself a marriage expert. I consider myself a marriage student. That right there, friends, is the way that we need to be living our lives. That... that that we are teachable, that we are a student, that we never come to a place in our life where we think that we have arrived and we think that we have it all together. Why? Because I, you know, I, I put it in the notes, if we're not teachable, we are prideful. That actually just kind of fell out onto the paper when I was working this message up, so, so don't just keep looking straight ahead, but if we're not teachable, we're prideful. Because if I'm in pride, I'm resisting what the Holy Spirit has for me. I'm resisting, I'm, 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 I have the attitude that it's like, I, I know it all, I'm, everything's good and I'll let you know when I need something. And that attitude is not a teachable, it's not a teachable heart. And he wants us to have a teachable heart. We're talking about living the best life. Wisdom is living the best life. We have to be teachable because there's three levels of living. One level of living is is being a survivor, where we barely make it, paycheck to paycheck, struggling for time with friends and family, stressed and exhausted so exhausted that we cannot enjoy life, just surviving. So we have people that live there. There's the second one is, is the level of success, you know, and uh, we have temporary, uh, um, temporary success, and it's, it's not permanent, it's not a permanent position, but we have comfort, abundance, independence, um, but the success is fleeting because we forget the fact we become unteachable and we forget the fact that it was him that gave us the power to get wealth. It was him that, that his hand of blessing was upon what it is that we did. And then the third one is the, the level of significance. Significance is, living a life of significance is our service to others. It's our service to others. God wants to, to teach us to care for others and that really he teaches us that our care for others is our greatness, I want to live a life that's significant. And if I want to do that, I got to get through, through these other levels. I got to get past the, the survivor level and, and do what wisdom tells me and live my best life. And so that, that means that I'm going to have to serve others. Moving from sur- surviving to significance requires the wisdom of God. You can try to get from the low level to the high level by making money and leaving you know, an inheritance to your kids, but you have missed the point. That's in your own strength. That's in your own ability. That's in what you you what you can do, striving. That is not significance. Significance is serving, serving. And, and, and so if we're gonna move, we have to have the wisdom of God in our lives. His wisdom is calling out to you. It's calling out to you, and I will show you how to live well. I will show you the best way. The question is, is are we listening, and are we obeying? It goes on to say uh, in Proverbs 8, it says, prefer my life's disciplines over chasing. Prefer, Mm, prefer, I prefer this, I prefer that. He's saying, prefer discipline. How many of you guys like discipline? Not one person. I had a a, a nervous laugh about discipline. (laughs) Discipline. What is discipline? Discipline is self-control, right? It's self-control. It's it's control gained by enforcing obedience. How many of you guys have enforced obedience on your life this week? Not one of you. (laughs) Excuse me. You know, when I was a child, and I always pick on my mom, but I don't want her to feel bad because, but she did, she enforced obedience. But if she couldn't enforce it, the greater enforcer came along. (laughs) It was a bad day when when she got him involved. When the words came out of her mouth, you wait till your dad gets home, that was a miserable afternoon. But you know what, I'm glad. I am so glad that they enforced obedience on me as a child, because as a child, there were things that I was doing wrong. There were things that needed to be changed. There was a course that they were trying to set. And so they were you know, enforcing, and that is a strong word, to enforce something. But I think that we need, we need to grasp the, the heaviness of, of enforcement because when you leave the house, there's no more enforcement. You get to do whatever you wanna do. And I think that that is the problem. That is one of the main problems of living our best life is that we, we don't wanna enforce, enforce anything on ourselves. We don't wanna enforce you know, uh, obedience. We don't wanna enforce self-control on our lives. We want to do what we want to do. We want to go where we want to go. We want to spend the money we want to spend. We want to, you know, I want to be a part of this. I don't want to be a part of that. And I just think that, that when we live that life, it's, it's not the best life. And I think the other side of it is, is that when you're married, and this is a side note, we've just been learning so much in our marriage group, that I think what happens is, is that where rubs take place, are where you as an individual, I'm talking to the individual, you have not enforced self-control on yourself. And when you don't do it on yourself and that other person doesn't line up with what you want and what you think you should get and all of these different things, then we have World War III. And so it all comes back to what he just got done saying. This, this definition to prefer my life's disciplines, control gained by enforcing obedience, p- a pattern of behavior. And I think for, for, for us, my, my heart behind all of this, guys, is, is, is just that we are disciplined believers. Because when we're d- disciplined and we are living a life of self-control, we're going to be able to move from just gar- barely surviving and 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 we're going to move to the next level of success and then we're we're ultimately going to move to a level of significance but significance is going to require great self-control great self-discipline in our lives and so you know it go you know if you look back there it said that prefer life discipline over chasing over chasing and it says chasing money. But the minute I read chasing, I was thinking about that. How many of you guys ever chase things, squirrel? My, like my wife yesterday, I was trying to work on my message a little bit. And uh, so she come down, she open up the door, she look in there and I was surfing the web, you know, looking at some stuff that I'd like to buy. And so she's like, squirrel, you know. So I was chasing things. How many of you guys ever chase things? Come on, you guys chase things. Years ago, Brian Yoder got this new dog. His name's Jet. This dog is a behemoth. You could you could saddle this horse or this dog. It's like a horse, but you could saddle it and you could ride it. And this one day, Brian took us on this long, arduous trip, you know, through the through the public hunting spaces of Southwest Iowa, which are so rich in in, in quail. And and uh, I'm being sarcastic now. There was not a bird within a miles of what we were doing. And so we're out with this new dog, and I mean to tell you from the word go, this dog was chasing every squirrel, every little single little flighty bird, you know, just chasing the wind, and I mean the whole morning, Brian's yelling at this dog, I'm yelling at this dog, he's buzzing the life out of this dog, just, and I mean, the day came to an end, and I, I could picture it, we're out there on the bottom, and this dog is running, I mean, what looked to be like 50 miles an hour, like just back towards the truck, just woo, woo, woo. Yeah, I'm just chasing. I don't know what it was chasing. I wanted to, I, I was so tired because we had walked so much. I was like, I wish I was on the back of that dog because he's going to get me to the truck quicker. <laughs> but my point is, is that this dog just had no discipline and just chased every little thing. It went here, went there, went here. And I mean, Brian's yelling, I'm yelling, but, but, are we that way sometimes, where we chase this and that, and we go over here, and we're we're hell, just just hell bent on going to this and doing this, you know? And wisdom is standing on the corner like Brian Yoder with a buzzer. <laughs> Only it's not a buzzer. It's not around our neck. It's like, listen, you got to come this way. Do this. And I think that, that our lives, we can't we have to prefer life's discipline. We have to prefer self-control over the chasing. And so my point is, is we have to choose discipline over chasing. It's easy to allow ourselves to chase what is easy, to chase what feels good, to chase what we would rather do. To chase to chase is really, when you think about it, chasing equals a flesh-dominated life. Why? Because it's our desires over his desires. When, we, when, we, when all we do is only what we wanna do, only where we wanna go, we are, we are dismissing, we are not preferring life's disciplines in our lives. And, and, and we have to personally enforce obedience. We have to enforce self-control over our daily habits, over what it is that we listen to, over what it is that we look at. Are we looking at the word? Are we praying? Are we spending time? Praying, really praying? Are we spending time in the Word and allowing Him to change us from the inside out? It takes discipline. And so Hebrews 12 10 says this that they disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our own good. Did you know that? My mom and dad disciplined me for my own good. God disciplines us as children of God for our own good in order that we may share in his holiness. It goes on, it says that no discipline seems pleasant. I can assure you of that. My mom said, come in here, we are going to, you go ahead and bend over right now. That was not pleasant. (laughs) Discipline's not pleasant, but look what it goes on to say at the time. It's painful, But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace in our lives. I want righteousness and peace in my life. I want righteousness and peace in my marriage. I want righteousness and peace in our church. I want righteousness and peace in families. But it takes discipline. It takes self-control because... When we do those things, when we do what's hard, when we control ourselves, control our desires, when we say no to ourselves it's so funny. We, were, uh, we went to camp, and I think I've joked about this, that we, we, we don't eat real healthy when we go to camp. And uh, one of the things that Aaron really likes are ding-dongs. How I many of you guys like ding-dongs in here? Aaron loves ding-dongs. I mean, like on day one, we, we had a, a sack, a couple sacks of ding-dongs. <laughs> <clears throat> and by day one, he had almost hammered one box. So we get back, right? And Saturday morning, I get a video from Aaron, and he's probably watching. So this video was a, a video of him standing in front of the ding-dongs, and there were no ding. No, actually, there was one box of ding-dongs, and his hand was shaking <laughs> like this. Like he, couldn't, he could not control himself. That's what self-discipline's like, right? isn't it? It's like we want to do something it's like, you know what i'm going to say no to my flesh. I'm just going to make a choice that, that I don't need to do this or I don't need to go there. It's not necessarily bad, but I'm just going to make a choice to not allow my, my flesh to make the call in this you know and, and, and have you know and, and a lot of churches right now they're going into these times where they have uh, fasts, 21 day fasts, which I think are great. Unfortunately, we got so many events on the calendar, I'm like, I don't know how we would fast there. I don't know how we would fast there. So I didn't do a 21-day fast for the church. But I think that, that, that a fasted lifestyle or a choice to say, hey, you know what, for the next 21 days, I'm going to give up this, and I'm going to give up this, and I'm going to give up this. That is healthy. It's healthy for us. Why? Because it's enforcing discipline. And that's what we need as believers, to enforce discipline on our lives, on us as individuals. Proverbs ten seventeen says, whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life. So if I heed to discipline, I'm gonna have good life. I'm gonna have success, but look what it goes on to say. It says, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Yeah. So not only am I leading myself astray, when I don't heed instruction, heed discipline, I, I run the risk of, of leading others astray. So it's so important that, that, that we are choosing discipline over the chasing in our life. It goes on to say in, in uh, Proverbs 8, it says, in God knowledge over lucrative careers, for wisdom is better than all of the trappings of wealth. Nothing you could wish for holds a candle to wisdom, nothing. But I don't know that that's the attitude that we have because, man, we're out there chasing everything that we think's gonna bring you know, success and significance. We're chasing it, we're chasing it, we're trying to get there, trying to make more money, trying to leave money, you know, do all these things, have a bigger retirement account. All of these things we're chasing after and the whole while wisdom is saying, listen, there, everything that you're chasing is far less valuable than what really matters. And, I, and if you would follow me, if you would listen to me, if you would do what I'm saying, I would take care of all of these problems that basically have arisen because you're, you, you refuse to discipline yourself and you refuse to stop chasing the things that are dominating your life. Pretty simple. I love you guys. So, as I was getting ready for this, I was walking down the hall. I was like, "Lord, I don't know what else to do with this message." And he said, "He gave me this scripture right here. You guys have heard the scripture in Second Samuel eleven. You remember King David? King David was David. He killed Goliath as a as a teenager. He he fought was uh, fought for Saul. Then Saul tried to kill him. Um, and so he he gets to the place where he is thirty years old, and this is where. Actually, this is not when he's 30 years old. He became king when he was 30 years old. And then what he did was, is he just went on a rampage and just started doing what it is that God told him to do, and he's, you know, kicking butt and taking names, right? So you fast forward here about 13 years, approximately. And we're right here in Second Samuel 11.1. 1. It says, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servant with him and all of Israel. And they ravaged the Amorites and besieged Reba. but David remained in Jerusalem. That verse of scripture came to my, to my mind, or to my heart. And so I was like, I, look, I started looking at I was like, wow. So I wanna tell you three mistakes that David made. And then we're gonna look at three things that we can do so, so, that, so that we can live life well. Listen, the, the Bible is chock full of wisdom. It's not just in Proverbs. There's wisdom throughout the Bible, you know, and, in, and it covers it all. And, and, and so we have to just, we have to go to it in accordance with what it is that we need because it has what we need. But today, I want to look at these mistakes that he made. And so the number one mistake is, is if you noticed, it said that in the spring of the year was the time when kings would go out. And number one mistake that, he's, that David made is, is that David did not go out. David did not go out. And so where was he supposed to, where was he, he wasn't where he was supposed to be, right? He was supposed to go with, he was a king. So he had a position, he had responsibility, he had things he was supposed to be doing, places that he was supposed to be going. He was supposed to be leading, so he didn't go. So he was in the wrong position. And so are you where you're supposed to be? I know sometimes when it comes to, we think about are we where we're supposed to be, we think about a physical place, right? We think about, I, I remember Pastor Mike, he, he, you know, he's used this illustration that when he got saved, he, he, he was still hanging out with some friends and he ended up in a bar and he spun around. And he's like, he's looking, he's like, I'm not supposed to be here. Right. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to his heart that he was in the wrong place. He was not in the right position. That was not where he was supposed to be. If you listen, the the Holy Spirit will flat out tell you where you were not supposed to be. I mean, growing up, there were so many times. I mean, obviously, it was them praying because I was, you know, doing my thing. And I was just like, I am not supposed to be here. So physically speaking. We can be in places where we're not supposed to be. I can remember when I was at Central College playing football, and and I finally went to seeking the Lord about it because I did not feel like I was where I was supposed to be. And when I got to Tulsa, there was a peace that came over me, and I knew that I was where I was supposed to be. So, positionally or 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 physically, there there is absolutely a position and a place that we're supposed to be. There is a uh, within the church. I see this all the time. People leave the church because because they because of frustrations and problems and things like that they never they never go to the lord they never ask him they never say am i supposed to move and they move out of a place physically and out of what it is that god has for them so the other thing is this is is your heart, is your heart where it's supposed to be? Because when you think about this, guys, when you think about King David, it's like he was approximately forty-three years old when this whole thing happened. So so he had he had lived some life, he had done some things, he'd had victory, he'd he'd he might have just been like, Man, i I've just done it all, and the Lord's hand's been my my life. He he probably took it for granted, he probably just got a little bit overconfident, and he just thought, man, I'm good. That, those guys are well-trained. I don't need that. Or he could have just been like, man, I'm just sick of it. We go out every spring, we kick butt, James, you know, I don't want to go out there. And so, so there was indifference in his heart. I don't know what it is is exactly in his heart, but his heart was not right. That's the point. The position of his heart was not right. And so, you know, I think sometimes, you know, we can get to a place in our lives where, things happen and um, things that, you know, that are unfair, our heart can become, come come to a place where it's similar to, to David, where it's like, it's not in the right place. There might be unforgiveness. There might be bitterness. There might be resentment. and, And what happens is, is that our heart gets, gets into a place where it's not Right. And God's like, listen, and, and, and the whole while we're trying to move physically to a different place to try to get uh, a relief in our heart because we can't get peace. And we're so stirred up in our heart because our heart is not right that we can't get direction. And so we, what we need to do is we have to, we have to focus on getting our heart right. That's the first thing that we have to do. And we have to forgive. We have to forget. We have to move on. And, and, and it goes back to that whole thing with, when it comes to discipline because it's going to take discipline and self-control when it comes to maybe things that hurts that have happened, things in your life. Because the enemy, man, he, he wants to keep you in, in the wrong place. Just like David, he, he, wants, he wants you to keep you there. He wants you to stay there. He doesn't want you to move. And so if you don't, if you don't do the work to get your heart right, he can't get you uh, to where it is that he wants you to go. And so the first step is getting our heart right. It takes work. The second mistake that David did was that he sent, he sent, David sent Joab. And, and, and in my vernacular, he took the easy way out. Right, He's just like, let's well, just take the easy way out. I'll, let, I'll just send him, I'll, I'll delegate this. And so he delegated what it was that he was supposed to do. He passed off what he was supposed to do. So what are you putting off? I'm asking a lot of questions today because I'm trying to hit everybody. It's like, if you don't answer that first question, you're going to answer one of these questions. What are you putting off? What are you putting off in your life? Going to someone, forgiving someone, uh, expecting to get uh, from someone else something that God really is the only person that can give you. You know, he's the only one that can give you what it is you're expecting from somebody else. You know, and so... What are you putting off? Are you putting off time in the word? Are you putting off prayer? Are you putting off forgiveness? What is it that you're putting off? Because David, he put it off. He let somebody else do it. And we all know that, that my wife cannot read the Bible for me. There's no value in my life. She can read the Bible for herself. The Spirit of God can help her and show her you know, things and, and, and encourage her. But guess what? She can't read the word for me, for encouragement, or pain, or forgiveness, or any of those things—it's—it's it's my job, it's my responsibility, and I—I I, she can't do it for me. So that was the mistake that he did was that he put it off. The third thing that is that that he did was David remained. He remained, he stayed. He was not where he was supposed to be. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. After 43 years of effort fighting, uh, obeying God's instructions, he made the decision to stop moving. He made the decision to stop following. I'm just gonna let that sink in. Because I think that sometimes in our walk with God, if we've been walking with God for a long time, we get to this place where we, we just stop moving. We stop following. We stop pressing in. We stop expecting. We stop just fill in the blank. There's, there's no time in our life where we should stop, that we should remain. We have to move. And so the three principles for you, in closing here, three principles for me. I wrote it on there because it's like all these note takers are going to love this. Three principles for me. Number one, know my place. Know my place. I'm a child of God. I'm forgiven. I'm loved by him. I'm a husband. I'm a wife. I'm a leader. I'm a mother. I'm a dad. I'm a leader of this home. I'm a helpmate to my husband. I know this and I know this is where God has called me. David had a position. With position comes responsibility. Responsibility for David was to lead or go to battle. There are some people in here that you're going to have to go to battle. Instead of just standing still, you're going to have to get in the word, get your heart right, get in the word, get strengthened up, and then you're going to have to go to battle. There's some things that you're going to have to stand up against. I'm trying to teach my kids this right now, because I really feel like that when it comes to our faith walk, it's about standing up for what is right. And I think that, that with my kids, like specifically the, the, the place that I'm trying to get them is in their health and their wholeness. I can believe God for them, for their health and their wholeness because they're in my home. But, but what I've been trying to, 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 to get my kids to understand is, is that what you are experiencing goes against the word of God. And by your will, you can stand up against what it is that the enemy is trying to dish off on you. Same thing is true for you and I. Are you, are you, are you moving? Are you, are you, have you laid down? Are you just accepting it? Because we have to know our place. Know our place. Gosh darn it. Jesus paid too high a price for us to go through life. Living in survival mode. We should live in significant mode where we're touching people. We're we're above. We're above. We live above. We live higher. But you can't live there if you don't know your place. You cannot live there if you do not know your place. She can know her place, but she can't know my place for me. I have to know it. You have to know it. The only way you're gonna know it is getting in the Bible. So know your place. The Bible says to fight the good fight of faith. It is a good fight. Why is it a good fight? It's a good fight because we win. It's a good fight because Jesus gave his life. It's a good fight because we overcome. And so we have to know our place and know that that the word of God says that it is a good fight. (sighs) Number two, do what only you can do. And it kind of goes along with what it is that we've been saying. I'm the only one that can seek him. I am the only one that can seek him. You are the only one that can seek him. And, and, And I'm the only one, that can bring my tithe and bring my offering. I'm the only one that can honor God. I can't do it for pastor, I can't do it for my wife, I can't do it for you. I'm the only one, and so I have to do what only I can do. If I wanna live the way that wisdom says, I wanna live my life better, if I wanna live where my life is significant, I have to do what only I can do, and that requires me to bring my offering. I'm the only one that can pray. When it comes to these battles, the battles are won through prayer. Yes. She can pray, she'll win some battles. We can pray together and we can win more battles. You can pray and win the battles in your life. Amen. I'm gonna keep my heart right. I'm the only one that can keep my heart right. You're the only one that can keep your heart right. Number three, last point is this. Linda, you can go up. And up. Um, Three principles for me. Number three, move with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is your helper. He's your helper sent from the Father. He will teach you all things. He'll teach them all to you and bring to your remembrance all that you said. That's in John fourteen twenty six. John 16, 13 says that he'll guide you into all truth. He'll guide you. Paul said that he lives in you. He said in Romans eight twenty six that he'd help us in our weakness to pray. If you're not filled with the Spirit of God, you need to get filled with the Spirit of God, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Listen, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. Jesus, Jesus right before he left, he's like, listen, it is far better that I go, because when I go, I'm gonna send someone. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to be your side by side, to be in your life, to help you in your weakness. And so we have to move with him. And so if you're not filled, we have a prayer team, they meet every Wednesday, they meet every Sunday, they're praying for our services, they're praying for our altar calls, they're right down here. They would love, absolutely love to help you in, in being filled with the Spirit. I encourage you, to go talk, go talk to them and allow them to help you because they have resources that, that, that they can give you to build your faith, they can show you the Word of God, they can show you the scriptures, and, 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 and it'll, be a, it'll be an experience like no other. It'll help you to do this this thing to move with the Holy Spirit, but you have to move. Remember, David didn't want to move; he stayed. We we have to move. the The Holy Spirit is not stationary. He is on the move. He is doing things. He he he's he's at work in people's life. He he wants to use us to to minister. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus. Like we're we're. we're we're how it gets done but we got to move with his direction we got to move with his guidance we have to refuse to be indifferent we have to refuse to sit down we have to refuse to draw back we have to refuse to tap out we have to refuse to be unteachable it's a discipline And and it and it's you should be getting stronger and stronger and stronger in that as you grow and mature in Christ, as you grow spiritually. If you think that you're growing, but you're standing still, I, I question your growth. I question it. I think you've digressed. And, and so I'm challenging you today to, that if you've sat down, if you've become indifferent, don't do that. The, the body of Christ is, is so much more rich and, and rewarding when people, that they, they know their place and, and they move with the spirit and, and they're not a person that is indifferent. They don't have an attitude or, or I don't care. No, they, it takes all of us with a spirit to move and to, and to desire and to want My emotionalism is my mom's fault. (laughs) Actually, it's not emotionalism, okay? It's just just how the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Talk amongst yourselves. I think the thing is, guys, that uh, I desire people to live well. But more than that, it's not about getting stuff. I mean, I want all of our lives to be significant, okay? I just went and met with, went and talked to Johnny Richardson. That man right there, that's a life of significance. Why? Because I, just like I just got done saying, he served others. If there's anybody that had a reason to be bitter, if there's anybody that had a reason to be unhappy or upset or just mad at the world, it's him. Guy lost his son at five years old. But he didn't, he didn't. That guy lived his life serving other people. He said, I know, I know that maybe it was, it was when he worked at IV, he, he, he would get up and he, he said, my job was to make people happy. So for you and I, I don't want to live some survivor level where it's just all about me and and just getting by. Let's be a church. Let's be a people. It's just higher. Let's pray, Father. We just come before you today. so thankful Father for this church for these people you love them your word to them is that they would live well and so Father I pray that as we go today whatever it is that the Holy Spirit has been sharing with these individuals and with these people Father I pray that they would obey it They wouldn't be like David. They'd move. They wouldn't put it off. They'd fight the battle, Father. Whatever it is that they're dealing with. It doesn't matter. None of it matters if they'll just come to you, Father God. And so I just pray, Lord, that as, as, they, as we bring this time to a close, I pray that you'd strengthen them with everything that you can, with, their, with the, the, just the strength of God to do what it is that they know they need to do. You've been been speaking to them, you've been been telling them, and so I just pray, Father God, that you just strengthen them with might to make those decisions, to live and prefer life's discipline over what it is that they want. Because Father God, we know that the, the, the rewards of obedience are so rich. The life of blessing, living well, it's right there. Just takes a few decisions, a few choices daily, daily, daily. And so I just thank you for helping them. If you're in here today with every head bowed and every eye closed and you don't know God, or maybe you're far from him, today's your day to get back in right standing. We're not leaving this place. That's what this is all about. This time right now is all about people returning to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so it is a serious moment. It's a, it's a moment that we pray for weekly. It's a moment that I ask you to pray for so that when people come into this place, they, are, they cannot leave this place without giving their heart to Christ. So if you're that person, you don't know him, or maybe you're far from him, today's your day. You can get back right and standing with him. Just raise up your hand, put it right back down. Anybody at all? All right, thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you for our time here today. God, I just thank you that we are the church. We're not a church that's weak. And when I say that, I say, as believers, we are not weak. We're not weak, we are strong. And Father, we are gonna let our lives be a light to all those that are around us, all those that we come into contact with all those, Father, that are hurting, all those that are needful, Father, we will be moved by the Spirit of God. When we, when we walk, when we work, when we go, we'll touch people, we'll care for people, we'll bring them to Christ, we'll show them your way, we'll show them the way of wisdom. I thank you, Father, for using each and every one of us as we leave this place We may have come to church, but we are the church, and the church is leaving this building to go into this world and be a light to all those that are around. And I just thank you, Father God, for each and every one that is in this house. I thank you, Father, for the families, the marriages, the husbands, the wives, the single moms, I thank you that you're strengthening us. That our life is a life of significance, caring for others, loving others. Thank you, Father, for what you've done in our heart. Thank you for what you've done in our our church today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, well, hey. Love you guys. You know, as you go, you need to remember, you are the light. You're the light. You're the only light that some people may see. And past that, our days are so short. We need to we need to we need to increase our desire. Increase our desire, our hunger for the things of God. We need to increase our desire and our hunger for revival. What is revival? You know, when we think about revival, we think about some of these these in history where they where they met. I'm not talking about something that's fabricated. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about revival in our hearts, revival in our lives. Revival in this church. When revival starts in here, it, 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 it manifests here and shows up here. So it's up to you, it's up to me, to revive ourselves in the word of God, amen? Amen. Well hey, I'm glad you guys came. I know it's it's been, I don't know, it's been good. Didn't plan on crying. I didn't mean to notate cry right here. So, anybody that knows me, yeah, doesn't matter. You guys can stand up. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. You guys are the light of the world. Go be a light. Amen. But hey, enjoy this afternoon. We love you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday night 7 p.m. Next Sunday morning. Come back. Bring somebody. Bring somebody that you don't know. Pick somebody up off the highway. Just do something. Bring somebody. It'll be a great time. And uh, we love you guys. You guys have a great afternoon.